Praise the Lord. We're going to get into the word. Hallelujah. You know, before I start, I, um, I just wanted to encourage you. It's so important to have this. A Bible. <laughs> it's so important for you to bring a Bible and for your kids to bring a Bible. It's a precious, um, it's precious. It's the Word of God and it's Jesus. And in our, when we have our little kids class and the toddlers, we give them little Bibles and we say, I love my Bible. And they say, I love my Bible. And we kiss our Bible. We, let, we teach them to love their Bible. It's so important to bring your Bible to church. Now, some of you may have your Bible on this. I'm using this right now to record. Um, which is okay. But if you're distracted when you're reading on your device, then know yourself well enough to say, I probably need to have my Bible. And that's not just at church, that's at home too. Amen? You know, like I said, we give God two hours a day. Two hours probably, maybe three, three and a half. In church, we should be able to give them our undivided attention. Amen. And so, so this is a great distractor. So just know yourself well enough. And if you can, if you can do it on this, that's great. Hey, however the Lord guides you and leads you. But I just wanted to encourage you as the mama here that it's important to have your Bible. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And there's nothing going to distract me from hearing the word. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I want to give you a word that the Lord gave me um, yesterday as I was spending my time with the Lord. I hadn't planned for this at all, but I started praying and the Lord gave me a word for 2021. Praise God. Are you ready? Declare deliverance this year. Deliverance from every work. Thank God for the deliverance, the year of great deliverance. So declare your freedom this year. For what you declare your freedom from with your mouth will deliver you. And the more you declare it, the more freedom you will have. So open your mouth wide to declare freedom from sorrow, from sickness, from debt, from opposition, from wrong thinking, wrong talking, bad habits, from anything that has held you captive. Declare your freedom and deliverance, for he has brought you out. So just agree with his word daily for you, your family, your church, your city, and this nation. I'll send this to you, by the way, in an email. Great deliverance. For I've heard the cry of my people, and when they take their authority, heaven is alerted and does the work. I'm going to say that line over again. Because that's the first I've ever heard that for me. The Lord spoke that to me. Great deliverance, for I've heard the cry of my people, and when they take their authority, heaven is alerted and does the work. Just as I heard the cry of my people in slavery, I hear the cries of my people. It looks like it's impossible. After 400 years, it has been long and arduous, but this year... Your mouth will deliver you if you'll keep my word of deliverance a continual flow. Praise and worship 
is the key to deliverance. Amen. The word that kept, uh, that kept point sticking out to me was the word great. Of course, deliverance. <laughs> but the Lord said great deliverance. That word great means huge, elaborate, great detail, large in number or measure. Means numerous. A great multitude, great majority, remarkable in magnitude, degree or effectiveness. Praise God. It's grand. God has deliverance for us. It's huge. And it's not little. It's not little to Him. Your deliverance is not a small thing to God. It's huge to God. It's grand to Him. It's superior in character or quality. It's something that's marked by. The word great means marked by. This year will be marked by deliverance. Amen. This is what the Lord told me. Long and continued deliverance. That's the word great. Long and continued deliverance. Come on. God has deliverance for us all the time. Pastor, are you saying we can't have deliverance now? No, you can have it now. You can have it next year, the year after. All your life, deliverance belongs to us. But this year, 2021, for this church, it's a year, the Lord said, of great deliverance. Long and continued. Remarkable deliverances are going to take place. I said remarkable deliverances are going to take place. But it won't happen if we don't put it in our mouth. And so the Lord gives us something so that we can put it in our mouth. So we're going to look at a couple examples of great deliverance this morning. Amen? And like I said, I'll send that to you. You don't have to try and write all those words down. But uh, we, I want us to look at one of the greatest deliverances was the Israelites out of Egypt. Amen. Let's open up our Bibles to Exodus chapter 1. The Israelites were in Egypt for over 430 years. Say 430 years. That's a long time. Well, I've had this sickness for five years. Well, they were there for 400 years. God delivered them. He heard their cries. He hears you. I said he hears you and he sees what you've been going through. And he wants you to be delivered. He wants your family to be delivered. He wants your relationships to be delivered. Praise God. And we're going to him in faith saying, thank you, Father, for great deliverance. Thank you, Father, for great deliverance this year. Thank you, Father. for See, and so when the Lord gives you something specific, it's because he's going to move mightily in that area for us this coming year. He's always moving, but he's, he's like pinpointing it. What do you need to be delivered from? Pastor, I need to be delivered from my apartment. I'm trying to get into a house. Well, great deliverance is for you. God wants you to have the best. 
So start declaring great deliverance. Amen. Exodus chapter 1 verse 12. Praise the Lord. This is the story of the Israelites. They were in Egypt. They were slaves. Say slaves. Slaves. They were in bondage. They were not free. But they started crying out to the Lord and they wanted to be free. Amen. You know, you have to want it. If you want deliverance, you have to want it. Some people don't want to be free from their alcohol. They like it too much. But it's robbing you and your family. You have to want to be free. If you don't want to be free, then you won't be free. But if you want to be free, you'll do whatever it takes to get free. Amen. Exodus chapter 1, verse 7. And the children of Israel were fruitful. They increased abundantly. They multiplied. They waxed exceeding mighty. And the land was filled with them. These are God's people. Come on. Praise God. Now, um, the king saw that the Israelites were multiplying. And he didn't like it. You know, the devil doesn't like when you multiply. The enemy doesn't like when your finances multiply, when you multiply and increase in love, when you start to multiply in your giving. The enemy doesn't like it. But it's multiplication is part of our inheritance as people of God. Now, so Pharaoh decided we're going to give them more burdens. We're going to set them taskmasters over them, right? Verse 12, the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. So when the devil tries to afflict you, tries to tell you what you can have, what you can't have, if the world tries to tell you that it'll never be this way, you can just trust God. I'm God's people. I'm God's person. I'm God's child. The more you try and afflict me, the more I'm going to multiply. The more I'm going to increase. The more I'm going to grow in him. The more I'm going to grow in love. This is your right. As a child of God. Praise the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. Now look at chapter 2. We're just going to quickly go through this here. Chapter 2, verse 23. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. The children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried. Their cry came up unto God by reason of bondage. God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant. God has a covenant with you. You are his covenant people. Come on. God saw the Israelites, the Amplified says, took knowledge of them, concerned himself about them. God is concerned about you. He wants you to be free. Pastor, I'm already free. You know we could all be freer. I always tell Pastor Morris, I'm getting freer and freer. I'm getting free till I go to 120. I'm going to get freer and freer every day. Amen. I can always grow in more freedom. Yes. Praise God. So God's concerned. He saw. He saw what they were going through. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's watching you. He sees. Now let's turn to chapter 3, verse 8. Um, so God comes and talks to Moses in verse 8, and he says, I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of that land, come on, into a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. The, the Amplified says, a land of plenty. Yes. 
the land of Canaan, the land of milk and honey, was a land of plenty. That means there was no lack. There was no barely just get by. It was a land of plenty that God was bringing them into. Can you imagine going from slavery to more than enough in one night? That's what happened to the Israelites. Amen? Now look at verse 21. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. Come on. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor. And jewels of silver, jewels of gold, raiment, you'll put them upon your sons, upon your daughters, and you shall spoil the Egyptians. The Amplified says, you shall strip the Egyptians of belongings due to you. In other words, you're going to strip the enemy of all that belongs to you because he's trying to hold it back from you. Don't just think, well, you know. No, I'm telling you right now, the enemy's trying to hold back your healing. He's trying to hold back your prosperity. He's trying to hold back that business you want to start. He's trying to hold back that salvation that that's, uh, you, you're desiring for in your family. He's trying to hold back the deliverance. The enemy will try and hold it back. He's not going to just let you have it. But you've got to go in with the knowing that God's on my side. And he's working for me. And he's already brought me out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And you're going to strip the devil. I said, strip the devil of what belongs to you. Say, no, healing is mine. Prosperity is mine. Come on, increase is mine, devil. You better loose it and let it go. He's trying to bind things up so you can't have it. But you've got to loose it with your mouth. That's how you do it. How do I get into that, pastor? I'm going to open my mouth wide and bring it into my life with my mouth and with my words. Hallelujah. Let's look at chapter 11. Exodus 11, verse 6. Praise God, say, the year of great deliverance. Thank you, Father, for great deliverance. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 11, verse 6. The Lord's telling, telling, um, Sorry about that. I don't know why it keeps doing that. The Lord's telling them that they are gonna, he's going to bring them out. He's telling them that, uh, about what's going to happen when there's the death angel is going to pass over the last plague. Um, but in verse 7, well, let's look at verse 6. There shall be a great cry throughout all Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall it be like it anymore. He's talking about when the firstborn of every child of the Egyptian dies. But, verse 7, against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that you may know, you need to underline this, that you may know how the Lord does put a difference between the Egyptians and the Israelites. God puts a difference between you and the world. There is a difference between what the world experiences and what we experience. When the world says, oh, well, that's normal. Not for me. There's a difference between me and the world because I'm a child of God. I am God's people. <laughs> you got to say, I'm God's people. The blessing of the Lord's on you. Deliverance belongs to you. There's an inheritance for you. There is a difference. Well, yeah, but so-and-so went through it. Yeah, but they don't know the Lord or there's a lack of knowledge. It doesn't matter. There's a difference between you and the unsaved person. Praise God. God differentiates. This is why it's important to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength. He differentiates between his people and those who aren't his. He does. 
Well, God doesn't play favorites. God favors his people. You can prove it all throughout the Bible. (laughs) If he didn't, then everyone would be delivered all the time and everyone would be healed. He favors his people. That's why we've got to get more people born again and saved. Why? Because those are his. They're serving him. They're loving him. He wants to bless them. Don't you want to bless your own kids? They love you. They give you kisses. They hug you. They're yours. God favors his people. Yes, he does. Amen. Praise God. Now, let's turn to Exodus 14. Exodus chapter 14, verse 5. Now the Israelites, they left. And in verse 5, it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. The heart of Pharaoh and of his servants were turned against the people. They said, why have you done this? We have let Israel go from serving us. Verse 6, he made ready his chariot, took his people with him. They took 600 chariots. Say 600. 600. And all the, those were chosen chariots, by the way. And all the other chariots of Egypt. They took a lot of chariots. With officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. Hallelujah. But the Egyptians pursued after them. Um, When God delivers you, he provides great deliverance. The enemy will come back after you. Listen. Listen to me. When you are delivered, the enemy is not happy. And he will come after you again. You don't have anything to fear. Because God... You're God's people. And God can't, the enemy can't touch you. Because God is for you. And if God be for you, who can stand against you? Praise God. Those same evil spirits, they try to return. But pastor, I was delivered. Well, they'll try to return. Don't be naive thinking, they, well, you know, I've been delivered, I won't come back. They'll try to return. And we can't afford to entertain what we've been delivered from. When the can't, pain comes back, I can't afford to engage in it. When the pressure comes, I can't afford to engage. When the text comes, when the knock on the door comes from you know who that shouldn't even be there, you're hanging out with so-and-so and they're not serving the Lord. They don't love Jesus like you love Jesus. Look, they don't even know the Lord. And you're having them in your home around your kids. You don't know what spirits they bring in with them. Now, if you have family members, that's completely different. You know, you're not going to be like, you can't come in here. I think you've got evil spirit. Sorry, I can't come to Christmas this year. No, I'm not talking about that. Don't get all weird. But I'm saying you're inviting unbelievers, friends that you've had. But they've been my friend for years. Yeah, but they're not serving God. Matter of fact, they're not even living right, and you know it. You know it. And you're allowing them into your house, around your kids. And there's influences. I said there's influences around them that they bring in around your kids. Don't think it won't affect them. And it is affecting you. You know, when Pastor talks about how he got, he, he, he came to the Lord, he cut off a lot of friendships. You know, I'm serving God now. I'm on a different path. <laughs> He didn't have to say that. He just started serving the Lord. You know, it's funny when you serve the Lord anyway. For the most part, those people will fall away. 
but there will be a couple stragglers. They try and hold on. They've been my best friend since I was 12. They try and hold on. But see, you've got to be careful. Can you afford that in your life? The enemy will come after you. Well, it's just a small thing. The enemy will try and minimize these things as being small. Just a little, a little fear, just a little headache, a little lack. I mean, I only had one conversation with that unclean person. I just took one look at the dirty magazine. Just one. I just saw that one picture on the Internet. I mean, I was only on there for five minutes, you know. It's really not that bad. That's what the enemy will tell you, but it's a road. You're, now you're on a different road. I said you're on a different road. Every step we take in life is either a choice for life or death. We make the choice daily with our actions and how we respond. There's some things you're going to have to say no to. A pastor's been saying it. I'm going to say it again. There are some people you're going to have to say no to. I'm not going to be engaged. I'm not going to engage with this conversation anymore. I'm not going to engage with this person anymore. Why? Because they're on a different road. Who you hang out with is what your life will look like. Teach your kids. Who you hang out with is what your life will look like. It's the direction your life is going. That's why you better guard your kids, their friendships, like a rattlesnake, as Pastor Nancy likes to say. Don't take friendships lightly. Don't let them go spending the night at people's houses. You don't even know. Well, yeah, but they're, they're, they've been friends since kindergarten. I mean, I know their mom and dad. Have you ever been in their house? Well, I've been in their house. Do they love the Lord? Do they have the same values as you? Do they have the same standards as you? I mean, you're the one who's in charge of your children's life. You're the one who will answer to God for your children's life. That's just a little sidebar. So there's some things you're going to have to say no to. Better, it's better to say no than to say yes and open the door to the enemy. The next thing you know, now you have to deal with something on your kids. I'm telling you. I, I'm going to tell you. I'll, I'll get a little sidetracked, but I believe it's Holy Ghost. When I was in third grade, there was a girl, and I begged my mom, please let me go to her house. Please let me go. And I would beg and beg. She should probably, and maybe she I don't remember, she should have probably spanked me for begging. That's one thing. My kids were never allowed to beg. I said, no, don't ask me again. Because what happens is they will wear you down. If you're a parent, you know it's true. Kids, you know it too, right? But parents, this is a good, good word for you. So I begged her, begged her, man, she kept saying, no, my mom was a spirit-led woman. I mean, she prayed in the Holy Ghost. She was an intercessor. She knew. That's why she kept saying no. But one day, she let me go. And then she let me go again, and she let me go again. I'm going to tell you, unclean, nasty, dirty third grader. Third grade, 20 years ago. Well, 20 years ago. It's much worse now. Don't take where your kids go lightly and don't let them wear you down. You be led by your spirit. The Lord told you no. You say, don't you ask me again. It will save them and save you from having to deal with the spirit later on in life. Why open the door to that? This world doesn't play games and the devil don't play games. 
he, if he can't get you, he'll go after your kids. If he can't get you, he'll go after your kids and cause havoc. You don't want that. Just keep the door closed. Say no to the enemy. Amen? So the enemy will pursue you, but you can keep a barricade up to the enemy by obeying God. Look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 19. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed. Now here the Israelites or the Egyptians are following after them. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. The pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. So now the angel of God goes behind the Israelites. The cloud goes behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them. But it gave light by night of these to these so that the one came, so that the one came not near the other all the night. So what happened was God put a barrier between his people and the enemy. When you obey God, when you say yes to God and no to the devil, he puts a barrier between you and the devil. Do you know what a barrier is? Nothing can get through it. Nothing. So we're going to do an illustration today. And I want my ushers to come up. Can you, can you move that? Okay, I'll, can, I get, can I get two more guys? Can you guys come up? And I want you to stand right there, face, that, face towards Deanna, look towards Deanna. Stand right, you're going you're gonna to be a barricade for me, okay? You're going to stand right there. No, in a line. Oh, like, like you're linking arms, but you're not linking arms. Yep, yep, that's it. Yep, right up there. Okay, now I need Joaquin. Yeah, right away. And Julian. Okay, guys, now you've got to be a barricade, okay? You're not letting anything through to me. Okay, now Julian and... Really? Yeah, I want you guys to go back there where, where Miss Deanna is. How about Jordan? Jordan, go over there. Yeah. Go on, Jordan. Anthony, you want to go? Go ahead. Okay, are you ready? Now, guys, are you listening to me? I want you to try and touch Pastor Molina. You're going to try and get through these guys. You can go. You can go. Wherever, however you can to get to me. Now, I'm trusting you for. Do we need another guy up here? <laughs> are you guys ready? Okay, guys, this is a game, okay? Are you ready? On your marks? I don't care where you go. Get set. Look, they're all talking about they're all talking about who they're taking. Ready, set, go. Go now, go now, go now. I just, just go, <laughs> go, go, go. Okay. I think, okay, boys, good job. I think we got the example here. All right, thank you, ushers. You can sit down. So what happens is that's what the enemy does. He tries to come after you, right? But he's not that big. He's not that big. He's not as big as you think he is. You guys did a great job. Give the boys a hand. Um, but God's army is bigger. 
That's why those ushers, they're bigger than, those, than the little guys. Now, guys, you're going to get bigger. But the devil, he's small. And when you open up your mouth and you obey God and you stay in the plan of God, there's a barricade provided for you from the enemy, and the enemy can't touch you. No matter which way he goes, God's like, got it, got it. But you have to stay under that umbrella of obedience. Amen. And so, so that's what happened with the Israelites. There was a barricade provided by God to separate the enemy from them. And it was the power of God, and it kept the evil one back. Say, so kept him back. Amen? And if you read the rest of the, the uh, story, the Israelites or the Egyptians come after them. You know, God, it says he troubled the army. He even took the wheels off their chariots. He took the wheels off the chariots. God will do whatever he needs to do to protect you. You're like, God, they're coming after me, God. They're coming. And God's all, no problem. But, Lord, I'm just praising you. I'm thanking you that you're keeping me safe. And all of a sudden, God's like, I'll just take the wheels off the chariots. Their chariots ran right into the ground. God will do whatever it takes to deliver you. It's not too hard for him. Amen? Now, turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Praise God. Here's another example. How many of you remember the story of Jehoshaphat? Amen. 2 Chronicles tw- uh, chapter 20, verse 1. Say amen when you get there. It came to pass after this that the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. There came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There comes a great multitude against you. Listen, the devil will try and make you think it's a big multitude. It's too great. How am I ever going to get delivered? How's my child going to get delivered? It's too big. It's too many things are happening. But I tell you, if you'll stick with God and say, This is my year of great deliverance, the year of great deliverance for me, my kids, my family, my, my finances, he'll do the work. Isn't that what the Lord said? Heaven will be alerted and do the work. Come on. Verse 3, and Jehoshaphat, look what he did when the great multitude came. This is your answer. When the enemy comes and tells you it's too big, too impossible, you're facing great opposition. Verse 3, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord? Seek the Lord. Get on your face before God and start worshiping God, seeking Him, and praising Him. That's the answer. I said, that's the answer. And if you look, if you look at verse 11, Behold, I saw how... This is what uh, Jehoshaphat was saying. Lord, here they are coming up against us to cast us out of our possession, which you have given us to inherit. This is the enemy's plan. He's always trying to get you out of the inheritance that God planned for you. That's his plan. Verse 22. And when they begin, this was what God, this is what they did. When they begin to sing and praise the Lord, set ambushes. You know, I won't turn around when I'm praising and worshiping God, but sometimes I want to when I'm standing right there. Because I want to see who's praising, who's worshiping. When you praise and worship God, ambushes are being set against the enemy. 
When we come into God's house to pray, it's not just to sing a song. It's not, oh, I like the pretty voice. Oh, oh, I do like this song a lot. No, it's I'm going to praise God when I put my praise on, when I worship God. He is setting up ambushes against your enemy. This is how the deliverance came. And it says, and they were defeated. That's why we have to open up our mouth wide. With praise and worship. And the enemy is defeated. Come on. For the people of Ammon, Moab, stood up against the inhabitants. They utterly killed and destroyed them. When they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. The enemy will destroy himself. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked towards, here's the multitude that had come for them. And what happened? There were dead bodies all over. From what? From their praise and worship. No one had escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables. Come on. God wants to bring you out, bring you out and into something. He brought, they didn't just uh, defeat the enemy. The, they got something with that defeat. They got valuables, precious jewelry. They, it was stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. Does that sound like plenty? A land of plenty, come on. And they were three days gathering the spoil. I bet I could move into my house if I really wanted to. If I really wanted to, probably in one day, maybe two. Could you gather everything? I mean, if you put all your efforts and had an army, it took them three days to gather. That's a lot of stuff. What God had for them. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley. And there they blessed the Lord. Come on. And they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem, verse 27, with joy. Listen to this. Underline this. For the Lord had made them rejoice. The Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. To rule over your enemies, you have to rejoice over them. And do it before you see the result. It matters what's in our mouth. Our response matters. How do we respond in times of pressure? When I'm facing a great multitude, when I'm facing great opposition, and I need great deliverance, how am I going to respond? I'm going to start rejoicing. I'm going to start praising. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to say, I worship you, Jesus. I love you. Oh, you're so great. I'm not going to look at the enemy. I'm not going to look at what I need to be delivered from. Look at, listen to me. Some of you keep looking at what you need to be delivered from. You're looking at the diagnosis. You're looking at what the bank account says. You're looking at what is happening in the natural. Instead of getting your attention on, let me magnify God. Let me worship and praise my God. For when I do, the Lord sets ambushes. When I do, deliverance comes. When I do, great deliverance will come to me and my family. If I'll open up my mouth wide and rejoice. Amen? Amen. Now what happened with Paul and Silas? They started praising God. And what happened? The place shook. Their bands were loosed. Did that happen just because they prayed? The Bible says they prayed and sang praises. Deliverance came when they started to rejoice. Well, pastor, I don't understand why deliverance comes. I don't understand why deliverance comes when I start praising. 
Because when you start to praise God, you invite the anointing of God to come in on the scene. And Isaiah 10, 27 says, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's not your, it's not per se, if I could say, it's not, it's not, well, it's not just my praise. It's the anointing on your praise. Sometimes you can start to praise God. You can start to worship God and it feels dry. So I'm like, eh, nothing's happening. So then you quit. You come in church, you praise God, you lift your hands. Okay, I'm going to do it. Pastor Melina said, I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to focus. I'm going to connect my heart. Oh, it's not working. And then you stop. You start thinking about what you're going to do after church. And can I go to lunch with somebody? And maybe I should have bought this at the store and I forgot. And I need to go shopping. Maybe I'll go on Monday. See, you, you, got, you, you didn't push through. You didn't, what did Norval Hayes say? He's, the Lord said, my people don't worship me enough. And then Pastor Nancy came to her, and she said, it's, you're not doing it long enough. You've got to do it long enough until the anointing comes, because it's the anointing that creates that barrier that destroys the yoke that will bring the deliverance. Come on. So when you start to see things in the natural that you don't, want to look at but it's like you know things in the natural will fight for your attention that diagnosis will fight for your attention that lack will fight for your attention next thing you know it's all you're thinking about I have to on purpose put my attention I'm going to put my attention on God I'm going to praise him I'm going to worship him I need the anointing to come into my house I said, I need the anointing to come into my house. Listen, church, we need the anointing to come into this house. Did you hear me? We need the anointing to come into this house and break off, uh, break off the, the curses and bring deliverance and destroy the yoke. It destroys it. It doesn't just break it off and there it is laying there. No, it destroys it, obliterates it. Done. But we can't come in here lightly and go, oh, we're going to sing. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to put my praise on. I don't care if I can sing or not. I'm going to sing loud. I'm going to sing with all my heart to my God, who's the great deliverer. He's the great deliverer. And he'll bring you out every time. That anointing will come in if you won't get weary. Well, I started and it feels dry. It doesn't matter. Just keep going through the dryness. Just keep going because pretty soon in your praise and worship, you'll hit a gusher and you'll feel the anointing of God come on the scene and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. It's because of the anointing, but it doesn't just come by itself. God needs our participation. He needs our cooperation for this year because he's offering us something this year. He's offering us something this year. Great deliverance. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I'm not letting the enemy try and come back and steal what God's already given me. I'm not letting him come back. I say no to him. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So we're going to practice. Can you guys all come up? Praise and worship team. Praise the Lord. Let's start with the, the song, um, uh, the last one you guys were doing. Praise the Lord. We are going to worship and praise our God. 
For that anointing, it destroys the yoke. Amen. So let's stand up. Praise God. It's the anointing. Church is a practicing place. And this is what you do and in your own homes. Amen. Yes. We give you, give them all the glory for your great deliverance. <laughs> we give you all the glory. Yes. Christ the Lord. Sing it again. Sing it again. We give you all the Give them all the glory. We give you all Hallelujah, hallelujah, for you alone are worthy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now just praise him. Hallelujah. We praise you. Praise you. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for deliverance. Hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you. Just keep praising. Keep praising him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, ha, 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 <laughs> hallelujah, glory to your name, hallelujah for the great deliverance, yes, brought us out, you brought us out, hallelujah, you have another song, a faster song, you have a faster song, different song. Hallelujah. We're going to rejoice. We're going to rejoice. We're going to rejoice because he's brought us out. Rejoice before you see it. Yes. Victory today is mine. Yes. According to the word. I have what I heard. Yes. Sing it again. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. According to the word, I have what I heard. Victory today. Hey, hallelujah. Victory. Yes, victory is mine. Victory today is mine. According to the word, I have what I heard. Victory today is mine. Say joy, joy. Say joy is mine. Hey, joy is mine. Joy today is mine. According to the word. Joy today is mine. 
Father. 